This is episode M, Managing Client Relationships with Melissa Miller. Feeling connected is a basic human need, as vital as air, water, and food. I'm here to talk about bridging the gap between ourselves, our friends and family, life partners, and anyone we come in contact with so we can more fully experience connection. A few years ago, I was feeling anxious and overwhelmed. Therapy helped me get through that time by allowing me to share my problems with someone who could view them objectively and help me change my perspective. If you're going through a season of depression, stress, anxiety, or overwhelm, this episode's sponsor, BetterHelp, is a great resource. BetterHelp is online therapy you can access from the comfort and convenience of your own home. All you do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. Your specific needs will be addressed, and if it's not a good fit, you can request a new therapist at any time. Get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash A is for adversity. That's betterhelp.com slash A is for adversity. This episode is also sponsored by Sherry Fernandes. Sherry has been a guest before on the podcast and will be again soon. Sherry is the author of the book, Life Mastery, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential, which just came out on audiobook. Give it a listen today. Her book is amazing because she not only tells you why and what to change in your life, but how. A quote from her book states, there are books, programs, and speakers that are excellent at motivation. What is unique about the Life Mastery Program is how it provides the tools needed to turn motivation into results in every area of life. This episode is sponsored by Duck Donuts. I don't know about you, but especially with holidays coming up and family coming into town, there's always the question of, what do we do? My family always wants to know what's good locally, and I don't always know. But one thing I do know in South Jordan... Duck Donuts is a must try. Their donuts are cake style and made fresh right on the spot as you order. They have unique flavors, including seasonal options. Make sure you give them a try. Hello, I am here with Melissa Miller, and we're going to talk about managing client relationships today. So how are you, Melissa? I'm doing well, Jen. How are you? So good. Thanks for being on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I really appreciate Melissa because she is a great supporter and I feel like I know her even though I don't really see her all the time. We met in West Jordan before I moved to South Jordan and we've just kind of seen each other off and on since then. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit to my listeners? Yes. So my name is Melissa Miller. I own a home bakery called Melissa's Cake Mill. I established it actually at the beginning of this year. So I'm almost to a full year in official business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I specialize in buttercream cakes, custom cakes, and also French macarons. Those are kind of my two specialties. Um, So I take orders from clients and post them on Instagram. And it's a lot of fun to make money on a hobby. It's kind of a fun little side gig. (laughs) Yes, perfect. Tell me a little bit the history. I'm curious how you thought of the name and just how you got into this and how long you've been doing it. Yeah. So kind of to start at the beginning in a succinct way, I made my very first cake when I was probably about 14 years old. I'm 34 now. So it's been about 20 years, which is mm-hmm. crazy. And it wasn't the most glamorous cake. Yes. <laughs> I actually, I probably have pictures somewhere of it, but um, I looked back on it a couple of years ago and I thought, wow, I've, I've come a long way, which is good. <laughs> yes. That's nice to see. I'm sure. <laughs> yes. 
so I I did it kind of here and there for family friends. I had um, my my very first official customer was a, a family friend of mine who lived in our neighborhood, and I babysat her boys. And she paid for the ingredients and the materials, and then I made it for her son's birthday. And I did that off and on, just kind of for family and friends. Didn't do anything, you know, professional with it. And then fast forward several years, and I I go to Utah State for college. I live up there. And I did a couple of cakes for roommates here and there. Again, nothing too serious, but, you know, definitely honing my craft and, and trying to get better. And then I got caught up in school and was, you know, hitting the books hard, didn't make many cakes. And I graduated, moved down here to uh, Salt Lake, um, met my husband, got married. And we bought our first, our house that we live in now, our first house. And I saw that Michael's was doing cake decorating classes. And I thought, that sounds so fun. And I could actually take a legitimate class and learn legitimate skills. So I signed up for the first class and I loved it. And I did two other courses. And I don't even think they offer them anymore in person. I think they're all online. But this was in person back in the day. And I thought this would be really fun to do legit, like be a professional. And so I I watched all the YouTube videos and I took all the classes that I could. And I, I kind of just kept progressing and progressing. And um, probably only been like four or five years ago, I took my very first like non-family order from a friend and I made her son this Cars sheet cake for I think it was like his third or fourth birthday. That was my first official customer cake. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited. It turned out so good. And then I, I was too afraid though to kind of start my business officially. I didn't even know what to do. And what the steps are with that. And so I kind of kept going under the table. <laughs> Many homes start, start off that way. And then just in the, in the past couple of years, I've taken the actual steps to become a certified business and to register with the state. And so I have been officially in business for about a year now. So that's yeah. that's that now. That's so interesting. I love hearing the process and the thought that goes into it. When it started to become a hobby, did you always want to turn it into a business or did that kind of evolve over time? It definitely evolved over time. I, in the beginning, I was too afraid to turn it into a business mm-hmm. because my fear was that if I turn it into a business, it won't become fun anymore because it's work. Mm. Um, and so I really hesitated for a while. And again, not knowing where to even begin with becoming legal was a huge barrier for me. And then I discovered an Instagram account called the Out of Home Baker. I think we're both members of the Brett Hawks fan club. Yes, for sure. Yes. <laughs> it's been a huge resource for me in understanding the legalities of, of opening a home bakery and what the process is for that. And so I have looked to her a lot for advice. And finally, one of her courses was what gave me that push to actually register and become legal and everything. So it was definitely, it it evolved over a couple of years, I would say, probably two to three years. It was a slow progression towards where I'm at now. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm always curious about that too, because I have all these business ideas, you know, and it's like, I wonder which one's actually going to work out or things like that. So that's interesting. Yeah. So what do you feel like is important to remember when you're finding, creating and maintaining client relationships? I think the most important thing is to figure out what it is that you specifically have to offer. What need is out there that you can fulfill um, and what or what's a problem that people face that you can solve for them. Also understanding your target market, Hmm. who who is going to be the one that's going to benefit from what, what it is you offer. If it's a product, if it's a service, 
anything like that, you have to understand where the needs are and how to find the people that have those needs. And putting yourself out there, I think, is huge, too. Putting your work online, whether it's on social media or through word of mouth in person, you have to get the word out. And you have to be willing to. That, that was one of the hardest parts for me is promoting myself, like mm. bragging about myself in a way, because it feels like that. It's like, oh, look at this great cake I made. But you really do have to kind of speak that language if you want to get the word out there and if you want to put yourself out there to where people can find you. Yeah, that makes sense. I was talking to someone last night who's an interior designer and she's like, oh yeah, I feel so much pressure because people look at her house, you know, and it's true though. I don't know. You kind of want to get an idea of what they can do before you want to hire them. And it's nice with cakes because it's a good content creation piece where you can have it up. I struggle with that with my podcast. It's like, what content could I create that would get people to see and understand what I'm trying to accomplish with my podcast? So I feel like with a lot of businesses, it's straightforward. This is what you should create to promote your business or to get people connected with you. But sometimes it's not as clear cut. Uh, Do you feel like you have to go out and find a lot of customers or do you feel like they just kind of come to you now that you have that content there for them to see? At first, it was a little bit of a struggle because I hadn't figured out kind of the algorithms of social media. Definitely Instagram is my main point where I put all my content and that's how I get a lot of customers. And it took me a minute to figure out sort of the language that Instagram wants you to speak to be featured or to to get your content out there. And it's kind of sad when you, I've, there have been a few cakes that I posted and I'm like, oh, this is going to get so many likes. It's going to get, you know, and then it gets like 10 views. You know, it, it, it's so funny how Instagram kind of picks and chooses, you know, this content you put out there, I'll, I'll send it out to more people or this one, like, no, these five people can see that one. And it, it's just, it feels random sometimes. So understanding, you know, what time of day to post, what day of the week. And when you have a business profile on Instagram, you, ha- you have those insights and you can see when your viewers are actually on Instagram looking at your page where there are dips and so figuring out what day of the week what time of the day to post that's best for your specific audience that's a really big factor in finding people that's so interesting yeah I feel like learning Instagram or learning social media is a huge piece of it because I haven't really dipped into reels so much but I know that that's one of the big things too and it's been fun to watch Brett do all the reels too and Yes. Um, and I, I struggle with that. I'm not good at video editing. It takes me so long to make a reel. And like, I would just rather take a, a, a cake, a picture of a cake, edit it a little bit in Lightroom, bring up the, the contrast and just put it up there. But Instagram is really pushing the reels and it it's a whole different ball game. I feel you there. Yes. <laughs> struggle. <laughs> and it's so interesting over time too, how things change because back in the day you could probably put an ad in the newspaper or, you know, yes. even just grocery store bulletin boards. But I came across that when I was trying to advertise for my storytelling show. It's like, well, you just got to be where the people are. So yes. <laughs> yes. So how does a client relationship compare to a family or a friend relationship? Is it different or do you feel like money changes things? Definitely. In the beginning, I really struggled with, you know, asking a customer, hey, pay me this much for this cake. <laughs> because it, it does, you know, I am definitely a bargain hunter. I'm, I tend to be, I, I feel like I'm a frugal person. So if if I were looking for a cake and someone's like, oh, it's going to cost this much, I'd be like, what? <laughs> but now that I'm, you know, when I'm the one that's making the cake, I understand how much time and effort goes into it. And it really is time consuming, but 
in the beginning, when my customers were my my friends and family, you know, people that I'm really close with, it, it I think it was actually more difficult to ask them to pay the price mm. because I'm like I know them and I you know or if if I happen to know they were struggling financially, that that made it really hard to to there was so much emotion tied to the money. Um, now that I deal with a lot of customers who I've never met before or I don't have that personal connection with. As funny as it sounds, it's a little bit easier because it takes the emotion out of that. There's no like, there's no established relationship or friendship. I don't know them. I don't know their story, their history. And so it's actually a little bit easier, but also just learning to detangle that, the, the, mo- the emotion around money, because it, it does get very emotional. But if you view money as a neutral thing, it's just a tool we use to exchange services or goods then it becomes much more easy to realize, okay, this is how much I need to charge for my product. And there are people, no matter what price point you're at, there are people that are willing to pay that price. You have to find those people. Yeah. I like that. That was a good explanation. And with things like cake making, I feel like it's such a piece of art that I'm willing to pay that price, you know, and yeah, there's a whole spectrum of people I'm sure that feel different ways. Uh, this will air after my birthday, but I am so excited for my birthday cake that Melissa's yes. going to make. So <laughs> I'm very if, excited to make it for you. <laughs> yes. So if you were at my party, because this will be in the past, I guess, then that was Melissa. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and I had a thought too. It's, yeah. you know, different people value different things when it comes to custom work, art, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Some people just want the Walmart cake that's going to feed people at the birthday party for their 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 child and that's all they want other people they want to their, their guests to be wow they want the cake to be delicious they want it to be something that you can't just go pick up at a grocery store and that's what I provide that's what you know custom cake makers provide it's an experience it's something different it's something elevated special and so you just have you, you know finding the people that value that in your work is key yeah that's so perfect perfectly said yeah. I will admit I haven't even told my husband the whole price of the cake from you, you know, which I'm sure he would understand. But he and I just have so many different views on money, you know, and I see the value and it's like, I would pay that in a heartbeat, you know, and yes. it's no problem. That's my husband and I too. We're yeah. the same way. It's like, I'm like, but no, this is, you know, we're paying for the this. And yeah, it's just different viewpoints on money, you know, and, and everyone is raised differently as far as viewpoints of money goes. If yeah. you lived with, you know, scarcity when it comes to money, you're going to view it a lot differently than if you were well off or you know, if it wasn't really a concern for you, that it, it changes your perspective as an adult when it comes to money as well. For sure. Yes. And I knew what I wanted and this is a big deal and it, I wanted it two tiers. So it's like, I'm paying for that and I'm yeah. okay with that. So it's yeah, like, exactly. I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so with that, do you have an example about working with a client and maybe they, the communication wasn't there or they expected something else? Yeah. So one, one aspect of getting clients online is, you know, messaging back and forth, whether it's email or through, I primarily get orders through Instagram DMs. And it's interesting, there are different communication styles for sure. And you have to kind of learn to navigate that. Some people will just message me and say, how much for a cake? And I'm like, that's such a loaded question. Yes. <laughs> and you know, all these things about it. Well, and I, I always joke to people, I'm like, you know, these, these people, if they came up and just like tap me on the shoulder on the street and like, Hey, how much for a cake? Like, that'd be so odd. That's right? so funny. Yeah. Like not, not like, hello, how are you? Hope you're doing, you know, I like your whatever. And so I think 
like as the as the person who has the authority in that situation, being the business owner, learning to navigate the conversation, keeping it on track, being clear and consistent, and being the one that like making it as easy as possible to order from you. That's been the biggest thing for me. Make it as easy as possible. Be very like be over communicative, I think is better than being under communicative. That leaves less room for misunderstanding or, you know, anything that can make it awkward. So yeah, I think that's the most important part is learning how to communicate effectively and making sure that you are the one that is kind of taking charge of the conversation and keeping it going where it needs to go. Yeah, that was good. I love that comparison to real life because that would be so funny if just tapped you on the shoulder. Yes. I was working. <laughs> I <love> yes. It. <laughs> funny. It's funny how online things have changed. Definitely. Humanity. Yes. Well, and I feel like, at least for me, I, you know, I grew up in a time where we learned how to professionally write emails and we learned, you know, correct grammar and just the the jargon, the online jargon that we deal with now is so different. Mm. And so it's hard to kind of get used to like, oh, this is how people talk now. And I think it's so important to still to learn that skill of how to speak professionally with people. I think it's it can it's kind of becoming a lost art, which is kind of sad. Mm. But um, I think it's important to to keep up that skill as well. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, were there any other tips that you have for business owners or people that do work with clients? Yeah, I think keeping a balance between, I guess, being professional and also being human, right? Mm-hmm. So understanding that people come to you because they they want something that you that only you can give them and that you provide something special for them that they that they could purchase from you. I think it's important to to maintain that there's there are boundaries that have to be maintained, not letting the emotions get a hold of, of things and, you know, not being trapped into something that you're not comfortable doing, but also maintaining that like humanity behind your voice, um, make, you know, realizing they're a human being just like you are. Um, they have concerns, they have questions and just being willing to take control of the situation, but also to be like sympathetic and empathetic to them and their needs and their wants. That's good to bring up the other side of it because the balance in all things, right? Being professional, but also being a human and just reconciling that yes. and meeting in the middle. That's so good. Yeah, for sure. So, of course, one of my favorite questions. Do you have any favorite quotes, business related <laughs> or not? <laughs> yeah. So um, I recently came across a quote. I don't even remember who said it, but it said, create a life you're excited to wake up to. Mm. And I love that because I think we have so much power over how our life feels to us. So we have, we have the power to create a life that we love living and that we're genuinely excited to wake up to in the morning and say, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's get this done. And if you want to look at it from a business perspective, you know, create a business that you're excited to wake up to when you, when you have goals that you have for your business and you have a clear path and a clear plan for how you want that business to look, then it's so much more exciting when you realize I'm the one that gets to build that. I'm the one that gets to make the decisions that ultimately leads me to where I want to go. And I think there's a lot of power in that and just in life in general too. Yeah, that's perfectly said. I love that quote. I was listening to a podcaster who was talking about motherhood and that's going to be a future episode is relationships with our children because lately I've been so bored with the role playing and the the little games that my son wants to play, you know, and the podcaster said, yeah, find games, find things that you enjoy in motherhood so that it's not so, yeah. 
not something to look forward to, you know? So right. I love for, that. for Christmas, we're going to get some good board games so that we can have something that I want to do too. Yes. Yeah. Make it fun for everybody. Yes. I, I think that's important. For sure. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you for your time. Was there anything you feel we didn't talk about that you wanted to say or anything else? Um, I think just at the end of the day, know, know what you're worth and know that you are capable of so much more than you probably give yourself credit for. Don't hold yourself back. Don't be the obstacle that's holding yourself back. <laughs> I think that happens to a lot of business owners. We kind of get in our own heads. We think we get in, imposter syndrome is so huge. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I still deal with that. And I don't think I'll, I'll ever stop dealing with that. When you are creating something that is unique and that you can't just get anywhere, just understand that you have have something special that people actually want to, to partake of, if that makes sense. So don't get in your own head. Don't, uh, don't stand in your own way. Make sure that you are giving yourself enough credit and love because you deserve it. That's good. What a good note to end on. I love it. Great reminder. We all need that. Cause like you said, we all have imposter syndrome. Yes. And so how can people find you if they want to see your cakes or order from you? Yeah. So the number one place I post is Instagram. I'm at Melissa's Cake Mill. Uh, It's a play on my name because my last name is Miller. And so I wanted to kind of incorporate my name in there. Um, I also have a Facebook page called also Melissa's Cake Mill. And you can either send me a message on either Facebook or Instagram, or my email is listed on my Instagram bio as well. But it's Melissa's Cake Mill at gmail.com. And you can just send me a message and get something going. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was so good to talk to you and to have you on the podcast. Yes, it's so good to see you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes. To recap, one, figure out what you have to offer. What need is out there that you can fulfill or what problem can you solve? Number two, understand your target market and how to find people that have those needs, whether it's through social media, word of mouth, etc. Number three, take the emotion out of the transaction. You are putting value into the world and people who recognize that will be willing to pay. Money is just a tool to exchange goods and services. Number four, communication is key in understanding what your client is looking for. You're the navigator in keeping the conversation on track. Be clear and consistent and over communicate if needed. Make it as easy as possible to order from you. Number five, find the balance between being a professional and being human. They want what you have to offer, but they also have concerns and questions. Set boundaries, but be sympathetic to their needs and wants. Number six, create a life or a business that you're excited to wake up to. And number seven, don't be the obstacle that stands in your own way. Thanks for joining Melissa and me on the podcast today, and I'll have another guest on the podcast again soon.